0: Good evening. My name is Jay Rothman. I am the host of the show. Welcome to Real Men, Real Talk Live. back to the studio again i'm the host of the show my name is jay welcome to real men real talk live i'm going to introduce this evening we have jeff DeSano coming in from nashville tennessee we have evis love heat the man of the land from down under he calls australia home and of course we have josh richard coming in from southern california Uh, in any event uh welcome to the show gentlemen
1: Welcome, welcome,
0: Thank
2: welcome. You. Hey, brothers. of uh, connected. Hopefully, uh, there's no glitch in the system this week. We've already had a couple of little <laughs> tech difficulties. How's it looking yeah. anyway? You're, you're looking. Better, you're looking.
1: You're looking better than you were last night.
2: Oh, thanks, brother.
0: <laughs> you're, you're crystal clear. Uh, yeah, I just want to have make sure you're adjusted so that your head's not cropped at the top. Uh, but definitely, there's something happening with our platform tonight, where it looks like we're having trouble streaming into LinkedIn at the same time. However, I wanna welcome our viewers to the show. This evening, if you should hear something that you like or love, we invite you to um, tap your love button on your monitor and light us up. If you should have any questions or comments for us, uh, please drop it down into your comments section. And uh, we'll do our best to acknowledge any questions that come forward. Um, at the same time, tonight's episode is number 80. Eight zero. I don't know if there's any uh, spiritual uh, connection between the number 80, but uh, it sure feels pretty, uh, pretty profound to me in this moment. Tonight's show is about when the fear strikes, the food spikes. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so it's it's tonight's uh tonight is a a topic that I am absolutely passionate about for a number of reasons, and I'm gonna invite uh, Ev since you're down. Well, we're gonna invite. I'm gonna move you up here. Yeah, I love how you uh, kick us off. Uh, I'm gonna invite you to warm us up on tonight's topic on when the fear strikes, the food spikes. What do we what do we mean by that? What do we talk about in a production meeting this week?
2: hmm big topping my brothers and sisters and as always here from the land down under thank you thank you thank you on episode number 80 very important number actually jay the Roth man the eight that's that infinity isn't it it's that Ouroboros. Mm. it's that past present and future coexisting all at once we're in scorpio series my brothers and sisters and we're walking into the dark Does the darkness sound like your transformation at the moment my brothers and sisters You know, I've been helping a lot of people over these years get into the best shape of their lives. And one of those crucial tools that I see all of these beautiful people being able to transform within their lives is the power of food. Is food your poison or is it your medicine? You know, it's funny because over this last couple of decades in particular, I mean, we don't even have to look at the stats anymore, my brothers and sisters, You can walk down your local shopping mall and without judgment, showing nothing but love and compassion, you can see people are sick, man. You can see they're eating the wrong foods. You can see that there may be a little bit of trauma that's causing them to go in a particular direction that is not serving them up to this point within their lives. So what happens over these years, and particularly when I've been helping these people on their transformation, I started to see that like a lot of these people that are holding some of this weight within their lives, a lot of it has been held on because of trauma. It may have been held on because of abuses. It may have been held on because of little things like self-doubt within their lives as children. So all we see the body really signaling as a messenger is that this person may need to go in another direction to start eating or consuming something that is actually high-vibratory food. And my brothers and sisters, we're simply consumers of information. So you've got to think about what is the information through food that you are currently putting into your system? Has it become a tomb or is it time to be living in it as a temple? I Answer mean, some of these questions tonight on a talk live. So I'm looking forward to diving in deep again with my brothers. Mm.
3: Oh yeah, <clears throat> great topic. Let's do it.
0: you mm. one of one of the things, uh, Ev, you you mentioned is uh, Fuji. Yeah. Is it your poison or is it your medicine? And for me, I uh, I've always had a very very uh, for most of my life. Uh, A very let's say entangled and a messed relationship with food for me i i never really saw it as nutrition although i knew it had benefits i didn't realize how much it was impacting my overall health and wellness and for many of us growing up uh, at least in the u.s there is there is definitely there's many factors that play into that one is is that if you grew up grew up in a home, a culture per se, from faith-based or spiritual-based uh, culture of sorts, you absolutely a lot of times food is used as the essential gathering, uh, central gathering for the event. It's part mm-hmm. of. It's a massive part. Uh, also, um, I learned how to use food as comfort. When, when I'd be stressed out or when I'd feel sad or when I was just um, not in a good place emotionally, I would use food to, uh, to kind of regulate my emotions. And how, how many of us have that type of relationship with food? Eventually for me, I think out of the gate, I had issues with, um, with my body image. That definitely mm. translated into food because when I was a kid, I had a very, very, very fast metabolism, and uh, back in the '60s and '70s, I was referred to as being very skinny. And uh, you know, today, as skinny as I was, people would see that as actually having maybe some type of eating disorder, but it wasn't. It, it was that I just my metabolism just was really quick. But what happened was is that I did everything I could to put weight on through food, and eventually that it just was a it was a mess. I was a mess. and eventually my metabolism changed in in college, and then I went from being too skinny to battling the bulge on my waist and eventually leading to a diagnosis of being uh, from a medical perspective obese, pushing a a 42 inch waist. And for me, food, no doubt, I had this relationship with it for self-soothing. I had this this relationship with it where I knew it wasn't serving me, but I didn't know how to slow down the train. I didn't know how to slow down or change my relationship with food. And eventually it led to the obesity. And then I, I used the, the suit, the suit jacket or the sport jacket in my career thinking that I was hiding my my waist from everyone to see because I'd always wear the suit jacket, mostly buttoned up. The only person I was fooling was myself. I'm sure everyone saw what I saw when I looked in the mirror. But at least in that moment, that's how I managed my relationship with that. What do you make of that, Josh, Richard?
3: Can you relate Man, to that? It's- my, you know, Jay, I, 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 fully hear you. I, I had a dysfunctional relationship with food too, and, um, um, you know, when I, when I first joined film and TV, I did gain a lot of weight because of the uh, craft service table, and I'd walk by and grab a handful of M and M's, and you do that uh, twelve times in a day when you pass the table, and uh, I, I gained like thirty pounds when I first got into film and TV, and because it was all, all those. I, my problem is sweets, and uh, they were there. They were there, and in an open container, the the barrier to entry was zero. And uh, but my my problem with food has been more dysfunctional in an, in another way. I tend to I get really caught in my creative endeavors, and I get really caught in my um, the projects I'm working on, the things I'm doing. I get so excited, and I'm I'm in the creative flow. And I don't stop to eat. And I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, in my past, I didn't think about nur- having to nourish my body. It was honestly, food was a nuisance. Um, and then what would happen is I would, you know, blow past a, a meal time, And then when my stomach is eating itself at like 2 p.m., I finally realized I haven't had lunch. And I would go for the quickest, fastest thing at that point because I was starving. And the quickest, fastest generally isn't uh, healthy. And I would dive into fast food. I would just you know, hop in the car, drive around the corner to the nearest uh, you know, Wendy's, McDonald's, whatever, and just to get the food in because I was already past um, the point of no return. And so, yeah, for me, it took a lot of – it was really hard to stop that creative flow and pause that creative flow and put that importance on myself and my body and what I'm putting in it to say it, it's, it's that self-care where I had to rise that high enough on my list and say, no, this is important. It's not good to just rush out and eat the junk and the crap. And so I have to put in time to make uh to, And for me, my, my technique now is meal prep so that I can get in that creative flow and I'm still there. But when I get to that super starving place, there's grilled chicken breasts already in the fridge and grilled veggies that I can just pop out and reheat. So that was my workaround, you know, for that that because I love the flow. I don't want to give up the flow and, and stifle it, but I just had to keep tweaking my method. So Yeah, that you
1: know, I, I I tend to go that way. Um, Do you? I mean, I'll forget to eat. If I'm do if I'm working and I'm in the flow, um, I might look up and I go, "Oh wow, I I forgot to eat," and then most of the time I don't eat. I kind of go the wow. other way. Um, I'm not a food person. To me, I eat because I have to, because that's the way I stay alive. Um, you know, <laughs> and that's really the only reason why um, I eat. Uh, it's like. It, it really is. It's like people ask me, what are, what are your favorite restaurants in, in Nashville? And I'll go only been to two. <laughs> yeah. The both, the both vegan restaurants, the only two vegan restaurants in Nashville, but yeah, I, 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 tend to go the other way, but, but when, when things are going on in my life and you know, maybe I'm upset, um, things are, aren't in the flow um, I go the opposite way. A lot of people will go and start eating for comfort. What I do is I don't eat. Mm. I just, I, I have, my appetite just goes and I just won't eat. So that's just, I won't even be hungry. When I'm upset, maybe a little depressed, things are aren't going that way. Things are upsetting me. Um, I, I just, I'm not hungry and I, I, I have to force myself to have mm. something. Um, so yeah, I go, I go the opposite way. Um, you know, uh, it, food was never a comfort thing for me.
0: Wow. Um,
1: it really, it really wasn't sometimes, um, when I'm down, um, I'm Italian, I was brought up with spaghetti and meatballs, and that is probably my only comfort food that will, uh, really, that would be my only comfort food, would be going to that. Because what it is, what it really does, and what I've realized, is that, you know, when we're in... Uh, a crisis or something's going on. It's really once again the wounded child coming up. So, so what? What did I love when I was a kid? Sunday mornings, waking up, that smell of my mother, m- mother making um, sauce and the meatballs and sausage and and all that good stuff. And and that smell in the morning was wonderful. It was beautiful. And you know, I was a kid. So when I get to that place, what we want to do, really what's, what's really going on inside of us is that wounded child kicking and screaming and whatever. And we go to pacify that child instead of nurture, nurturing that child. We go to pacify it to bring it into something familiar. So what I was taught years ago is that when we're in situations that maybe that we we're, we're releasing a lot in our life or a lot of what we need to look at is coming up. We are asked to do some, go and do something familiar to us that's healthy. What's not healthy is binging on food, to bring us into this, to comfort the child. I go the opposite way because I, I am learning to nurture that child. I starve myself. So I am not nurturing that child. I'm not even eating. So that is what we're, what we're trying to do here is sort of going to food as the comfort, which brings us to this comfortable place of maybe I'm comforting the the wounded seven-year-old.
3: But then Jeff, I mean, it's no secret you've expressed on the show in the past that you were um, more overweight as a kid. What was, what was the difference then between your relationship with your food then and then now. And and do you think, do you think uh, the pendulum has swung the other way?
1: um, Maybe. I don't think so. My overweight as eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, it, I grew out of it. I grew out of it when I got to high school instead of playing football, hockey, baseball. And it just, Mm. it went as I, as I grew, grew, grew up. I, I just never had that, I'm, I, when we were talking about this last night, I'm thinking, and I was thinking all day today, I just don't, when I get into a, a place, I just don't eat. It's the opposite for me. It's always been the opposite for me.
0: I want to shift gears here, if I may. <laughs> Jeff, thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to uh, engage a few moments here with you, Ev, uh, mm-hmm. because you, uh, I don't know what your body mass index is, but I... <laughs> Receive it's it's pretty lean, and I'm curious. Have you always had a healthy relationship with food? I'm presuming you do now, based on what I see on your on your videos on social media, in nature, stripped down a pair of shorts and some type of boulder that you're lifting, and <laughs> <laughs> giant fallen
3: tree that he's bench pressing. Really? Yeah, seriously, but,
0: uh, man. What is your relationship with Food has it always been healthy? And if it wasn't, what was the pivot moment for you? When did when did you change? If in fact, when did you change your relationship with uh, with food for yourself and your health?
2: Mm. Yeah, look, brother, it, it has always been quite healthy uh, in in my sort of terms. Now that I look back on, you know, even my childhood, uh, there was definitely once uh, side of the family. Uh, the old man was definitely really disciplined. Uh, with what my, my brother and I were eating at the time. And, um, you know, like I really started to look at fu- food more so as fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very early on in my uh, life because mm-hmm. when I got to the end of high school, it would have been about 17 years old. It was the first time I picked up a weight, a dumbbell. And, I knew from that point on that that particular environment was not going to serve me and I wouldn't be able to keep up with the sort of exercise that I was doing at that time if I wasn't fueling my body sufficiently. What happened after that is that I got sucked into the whole bodybuilding world Mm -hmm. where I was programmed to believe I had to eat six to eight meals a day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was eating Mm. eight meals a day, my brothers and sisters. You know, Jeff and Josh have talked about not eating uh, sometimes when they get into the creative process. Well, I actually just come off my fast, my 24-hour fast, that I do generally on the Thursday and come into the Friday, and I call that my hashtag last the fast Friday, where I can extend out. But this is the thing, my brothers and sisters, I I don't have a structure time. I don't go by a particular clock. I don't go by any scales. I don't measure Mm -hmm. shit anymore. I used to measure things absolutely religiously, crazily. Mm -hmm. I would have like probably about five different journals where I was taking all the calories, all the grams, doing all of the old school belief system stuff. And then I just started to be more connected with my body. So I started to fuel it what it was actually needing, not what it wanted, what it was actually needing. Mm -hmm. So I connected back to my body. What we've got to understand my brothers and sisters is that by the time we get past the years of 20 years old, our body becomes the subconscious mind. Let me say that again. The body becomes the subconscious mind. Now this is important because I'm sure we're gonna get into it shortly that the big brands out there, my brothers and sisters, like those bodybuilding days, they were sucking me in for all the bright colors, for all the big muscle men on the front, from all of this stuff that they were selling to me that I was going out there to buy. And what ended up happening is that these brands are very intelligent. They create specific chemicals within these foods that create cells within your body that send signals up to your brain to get these neurotransmitters going out to fulfill the chemical fix of that food. Mm. Now that's a lot to digest my brothers and sisters. But what I'm saying is so important here is that we've got to flip the script. We've got to take back control and have that better relationship with our body and start to really connect with actually how this is actually working. We have Mm. three brains, my brothers and sisters. We got one up here. We've got a very intelligent one there and we've got one down here in the gut. Mm -hmm. So you could only imagine what sort of signals you're sending up to this one from down in the belly one if you're eating the processed, the engineered, the GMO foods, anything that's boxed, carton, packaged or packed, don't eat. Don't eat it, my brothers and sisters. Like the Mm -hmm. great Dr. Sabi said, if nature don't make it, don't take it. Love As that. Jay man. The man says mm-hmm. it's simple, but it's not right. easy. I want to <laughs> uh,
0: Beverly Annette from the US of A. Thank you for joining us tonight. And I also, before I, I want to read what you just wrote here, I also want to acknowledge you for having the courage to step into your truth today and take a significant step mm-hmm. to honor, um, your personal choices in life. And I want to say, um, uh, just, uh, we will continue to hold space for you. And I know that um, the choice you made to exit out of, out of your position in your career today was a very personal one for you. Mm. And uh, we're here to acknowledge you, honor you, and let you know that you're, you're never alone. If at any time you feel um, that you need to reach out as you did today, uh, all of us welcome that on Real Men Real Talk. She says, 14 years ago, I changed my life and health by stopping all sugar, dairy, processed foods, and gluten. I lost 67 pounds in five months by just eating clean. I healed many health issues, including high blood pressure, metabolic syndrome, and some of the autoimmune issues I had. It cleared brain fog and changed my life. It is possible. I am proof. I fast regularly now. I eat what I need. I no longer have wants for food. I want to, you know, that's such a powerful statement there. Mm -hmm. I really on in tonight's broadcast that I had a toxic relationship with food. I abused food and uh, my body responded in a very, very, very profound way. My body got sick. I ended up with Mm -hmm. multiple medical conditions, including type two diabetes, heart disease, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, generalized anxiety disorder, and uh, pulmonary artery disease. Those are just a few. And yes, it's about lifestyle, it's about environment, but it's food and nutrition has a massive role in either creating the perfect environment for disease or creating the perfect environment for healing. <laughs> if I may, excuse me. When I changed my relationship with food back in 2015, I began to heal. And I too have embraced many of what um, was just shared by Beverly. And I also want to say I meet so many guests on the work I do in the, the Trails of Sedona and High Can Heal experiences. Just met a, a woman just last week that shared with me that she struggles with massive anxiety. And I asked her the same question I asked all of my guests or clients that I work with. How much water do you drink every day? Mm-hmm. And I said, do you think it's more than three or four ounces? And, of course, that was a setup question. But I knew what the answer was going to be. I absolutely knew because, you see, I was her. And she said, no, I, I don't do four ounces. I barely do three ounces of water. I said, what do you drink? She said uh, coffee Mm -hmm. and I supplement that with Diet Coke throughout the day. And (laughs) that in fact was my lifestyle. And I spent 21 years on pharmaceuticals for anxiety. Mm -hmm. At no time did any of my psychiatrists or psychologists or therapists or medical doctors ask me that question. And it wasn't until I changed my relationship with food and went from six to eight diet cokes a day, uh, multiple cups of coffee during a day, which by itself can cause the anxiety. Mm. But it wasn't, it, the caffeine is a major contributor. But even more so important than that is that if you're not drinking water, your number one n- nutrient that the brain needs to be healthy to be able to perform in its peak. Performance is water. Water is the number one fuel that your brain needs to perform. So, if you're struggling or suffering with migraines, depression, anxiety, just those three neurological disorders, there's a really good chance that you're not consuming enough water. And that's the first place I suggest that people embrace changing or committing to in their life. When I went from drinking less than three ounces a day of water up to half my body weight in ounces every day, my anxiety that was chronic anxiety dissipated. It it dissolved. Now, it doesn't mean I don't have anxious moments. Of course I do, because I'm human. Uh, We all have those moments where we will get anxiety or stress, but I have ways to manage it now. One of them is I ask myself, Am I behind on water today? How much water did I drink? Mm-hmm. And then I'll usually find that I'll just drink more to help flush out whatever's going on from a neurological standpoint in my brain. And so that's just one example of how we can shift. I also want to invite uh, you, have, I'm sure you may um, have some awareness of when individuals are diagnosed with a chronic, chronic terminal diseases, How can food be used as a gateway to reversing or putting into remission chronic or terminal diseases?
2: Yeah, and again, I don't think we have to look too far, my brother. And, you know, I've had that firsthand experience. Obviously, I've shared my story uh, over the last few years with my mum, having chronic diseases, type 2 diabetes, where she was on dialysis every second day. Uh, for five years, I'd go up and visit her in the hospital. And um, it got to that point, you know, uh, before that, uh, where she obviously um, st- started to feel some symptoms, uh, the the insulin uh, resistance obviously went right through the, 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 the gate. Um, then these things lead to high blood pressure. And then from that point, I think, you know, one, one of the toughest things that I had to see with her was, you know, she had a stroke from it. So this mm. is the re- this is the reality, my brothers and sisters. And the thing was is that and w- my partner at the time, who was a nutritionist, we took on her under our wing for a good three weeks while she came out of that um, particular part on her journey before she had to go on uh, dialysis, and, uh, dialysis and all that sort of stuff. And we were able to lose. 12 kilos in a matter of three weeks, my brothers and sisters. 12 kilos just from what she was eating. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then the story turned around. And this is not miracle work, but she was just fortunate enough that she actually got a kidney donation. But this is is uh, way too long after the event. So what really was the cause of all this? Well, my mum had a lot of deep trauma as a child. And like Jeff said earlier, we've got to go back and do this trauma work. It really is not about the food, my brothers and sisters. It's about the relationship that you're having with yourself. So when we can actually go back to those spaces where we may have suffered that trauma, where we may have suffered those abuses, and that's really causing these emotional eating and these disorders, like the chronic diseases, et cetera, then we can really, as we always say, get to the root and be able to start creating a blueprint that is actually going to serve these people with these chronic diseases. I mean, it it absolutely blows my mind, even through that experience uh, with mum when we took her under the wing. You know, I was going to the neurologist and we are going up to the hospital and that. I mean, this just blows your mind, my brothers and sisters. They've got jelly beans at the front entry for people (laughs) that insulin is just gone. This is what I'm saying, my brothers and sisters. We are in a system that does not serve your health. Your sickness is a business. And until we take ownership and we take responsibility but the stuff that we're putting into our bodies, then we're going to find ourselves in these places, my brothers and sisters.
0: That, that, yeah. that, that's true, Ev. I mean, I've, I've 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 spent some time in hospitals and at doctors' offices, and um, they're fueling, they're feeding the beast. They they are yeah. not endorsing education. they're and I'm speaking in general terms. There are there are those that are outside of the. A box, but the majority of hospitals that I've been to, uh, even when as, a, as an inpatient, what they're serving is not healthy food. I want to just share a couple of statistics here that are relatively new. These are just U.S.-based statistics, but I want to share them just to, just to kind of put this in its proper perspective. Since COVID began, this is research that was done and a couple of polls that were taken. This is current as of the end of 2020, so it doesn't include 21, which may have even progressed further. The U.S. adult obesity rate stands at 42.4%, almost 43%. That's mm-hmm. not overweight, that's considered obesity. That's the first time the national rate has passed the 40% mark. Mm-hmm. The second number I'd like to share is that about 74% of the United States population of adults are overweight according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The third number I wanna share is that 10% of the US population have gained more than 50 pounds since COVID began and of that, 61% say they've gained 29 pounds or more since COVID. Right. So clearly, this, this is, I don't want to call it a pandemic, but this is clearly a, a huge issue. And I'm sure it's not just in the U.S. And so what it comes down to is how can we break the chain and a mm-hmm. relationship with food so that we don't abuse it and use it for self-soothing comfort anymore. And I'm speaking as a student and as a teacher. As I said, I was once fell into that category of obesity. And I, I'm happy to share a, just a couple of the, the, the shifts that I made in my life to help Lose 60 pounds and reverse massive diseases to eventually come off of pharmaceuticals. The first thing I did was I focused on the type of food I was taking in.
3: Real quick, Jay, before you finish, I want <clears throat> to, for those that don't know your full story, because you, man, you, tonight's show doesn't, uh, hasn't expressed the Gravity of your situation when you were at your worst. Jay, everybody out there, Jay almost lost his leg. Around that time, he was fighting for his life with blocked arteries, and his body was shutting down. His, everything was so when Jay talks about his experience coming back from that, this is a massive change. Sorry, Jay. I just no, I had no, to no, express how politics. big. How I mean, big your change was
0: yeah. is well, well, it was here's, incredible. Here's the thing, Josh. When I hit my rock bottom, I was a fast food junkie. I spent almost 40 years in the restaurant industry servicing the QSR, what's called the fast food industry, quick serve. And there is there's nothing healthy there. And I got hooked on it. I was eating that food twice a day for over three decades.
1: Wow.
0: And um At least Monday through Friday and then on the weekends, I was still doing drive-through for the kids because I was tired most of the time. I didn't want to cook and that's what we did. And so for me, um, the first thing I had to do was I had to be willing to change my relationship with food and cut out the foods that were no longer serving me. Um, What also helped me was having a partner that embraced health and wellness. It would have definitely been more challenging to overcome that if I was by myself. I know that. I'm not, I'm not gonna discount that for anybody that's single and living by themselves. It takes definitely more commitment and discipline, I believe, to to change your 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 habits. But for me, <clears throat> portion control was a big one. I used to, I, I basically I took the, the serving plate and cut that in half. I went from a full dinner plate down to a salad plate. Second thing I did was I worked really hard at cutting out as as much carbs as possible, took out deep fried foods from my my, um, nutrition, took out red meat, took out pork, and eventually went from chicken and fish down to primarily plant-based today. I do seafood, uh, I do wild caught seafood, Pretty limited uh, type of seafood. Um, nowadays, pretty much only when we entertain at the house, if we're having dinner by ourselves, uh, typically it's it's plant-based food, except for typically after the show. Mary knows um, after a show, I, I want to engage or indulge in comfort food. But I've even changed my relationship with that because that used to be, you know, a quarter pounder with cheese and some fries or... Chicken Parmesan or some some <laughs> really hearty Italian dish, Jeff Fasano. But for me, what you know, comfort food <laughs> today is, is a uh, wild caught salmon patty
3: mm,
2: beautiful.
0: in a lettuce wrap.
3: Nice. That's nice.
0: comfort food for me today. And that's me changing my relationship with comfort. But I also think that a large part of, uh, of the pivot is when you truly understand that food can nurture you, can nourish you and heal diseases. I have a, a friend that chose to opt out of traditional Western medicine for prostate cancer. And he opted out of all treatment and, and, uh, and decided to basically create a bubble for himself and spend six months to a, to a year just focused on nutrition reducing stress removing himself from his corporate job and just focused on healing and he was able to come back to no evidence of disease in a very very short span of time through nutrition uh-huh. and through changing his reducing his stress in his life but really using food as his fuel to save his life.
1: Mm.
0: And that for me was a very powerful story that helped me. Yeah, Katrina says the salmon patty that is, that's not a quarter pounder. No, it's not. <laughs>
3: but, yeah, you
0: know, this is such a passionate subject for me, guys, because I had such a toxic relationship with food my whole life, even as a kid when I was skinny. I had very limited foods that I liked, and my dad wouldn't let me leave the table. He forced me to stay there, and it became a became a battle of, of will. Mm, you know, who's yeah. going to win out? And thankfully, my parents got a dog. Mm. So my dog got a lot of my meals that I wasn't going to eat. I just kept sneaking it down on the dog when dad would you know, go <laughs> out of the room, and eventually come back, and a, the, the plate would be empty, and I didn't eat it. That little, that little uh, mini schnauzer ate the food, mom, if you're watching tonight. Yeah, I'm sure you know that story. <laughs> how, long, how
1: long did that mini schnauzer say mini?
0: <laughs> exactly, well, that's good, right? That's, that's a good question. I, I don't I don't That's a great question. I don't recall. It's not that important. What's important is, is that I think our relationship with food, going from understanding, taking it from comfort, seeing it as nourishment, for your your the most important relationship that we have with ourselves is with our body, and and part of our body is our our mind, our brain. And when we're struggling with all kinds of neurological disorders, and we and we think our only gateway to feeling better is through pharmaceuticals, that's 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 one option. But but that's not long term. That's not going to serve you or I. I did that. It didn't serve me at all. It, contributed to my body breaking down.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: ultimately, the I think the healthiest re- relationship that we can achieve is when we make conscious choices, conscious choices, every time we go to put something in our mouth and ask ourselves, is this good for me? Mm. You know, is it gonna harm me or help me? Mm. Is it gonna be a blessing or is it gonna be a burden?
2: And that's that's beautiful, brother. That's where we go into mindful eating and intuitive eating. You know, I was I was helping brother uh, Josh. You know, just uh, start to date his food, start to communicate with your food, my brothers and sisters. Use your fingers, get in there and 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 move around with the food, Uh, feel the textures. Use your senses. Mm -hmm. Mindful eating is a big part of how I help people on their transformation. Because you got to think of some of these habits, you know, you might be eating particular foods like we've talked about tonight unconsciously in front of the TV. You know, you, you might be eating certain foods at specific times that you aren't even aware that you're really are having. You're just eating it for the sake of it. Um, so look, mindful eating has been a big one um, that I've definitely helped people on. And that's just really getting back people more connected, like you're saying, Jay, with their body.
3: Well, It was great.
1: How much Go ahead, Jeff. How much, how much do you, yeah. Yeah. it all comes down to this, how much do you love and care about yourself? Mm-hmm. Your body is and- part of that. You know, we all want to work on our, our wounding, our traumas, our conditioning and our programming, and we all do that. But a big part of this, and we're doing that. Why? Um, if you want to get rid of it, that's not the why. The why is I love, I want to learn how to love myself. I want to move mm. through my stuff to really honor, value, and love myself. A lot of people in the quote unquote 3D spiritual world mm. who are spiritual people are 75 pounds overweight. So it really comes down to, how much do you love, honor, and value yourself? And part of that is what you're ingesting in your body. You'll mm. forget about that. They just forget about, um, yeah, I want to treat myself well and this, that. Well, you know, I'll treat myself well. I'll go get four quarter pounders, and that will make me feel better. Now mm. mm. really, as Ev said at the beginning of the show, it's about um, our mind our heart space and our physical body. And our physical body is a big part of the transformation in self-mastery. And how, what are you putting in it? What are you ingesting in your body? And and start looking at that way from a place of, oh, wow. Not, oh, I wanna lose 50 pounds, you lose the food. You'll lose the 50 pounds when you start treating your body much nicer Mm. by ingesting healthy stuff.
0: Thank you for sharing. If I want to ask you a quick question, any one of you guys can jump on it. Do diets work?
2: No. No. (laughs) Can I say
0: what?
2: Can I give you a simple definition why they don't work? Right. Just look at the front first three letters of that word, my brothers and sisters. So <laughs> simple. That's why you've got to make this your lifestyle. There yeah. you go. Yeah,
0: it was a setup. That- it was a setup question I asked. <laughs> guys. Since I lost the sixty pounds, it's been many years now, and um, I haven't gained them back. For the first time in my adult life, I've been able to sustain. The release of the weight. Now, I like to refer to it as I didn't lose weight. I released the weight because I'm not out there searching for it. It's not like a lost set of keys or I lost my wallet and I'm seeking it. When a weight's gone, I've released it. It's gone. I have no intention. I have no desire to find it anywhere in the universe because I know that it, it contributed to my health decline. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm not, I, uh, like you have, I don't believe that diets work. They're not sustainable because unless you stay on, on that plan for the rest of your life, you're going to go back to resorting to the, the way your brain, the way you wired your brain or created the wiring in your brain around a relationship with food. The part about changing your relationship with food is changing how your brain is wired to the relationship with food. And understand that, you know, for me, um, depending on how or what I eat or how much I consume, I may pick up a pound or two, but I I then lose it right away. It's Mm -hmm. so I'm somewhere in that 148 to 151 at max, that three pound, variants that will exist but i i have no intention in this lifetime putting back 40 50 or 60 pounds because if i do then it, it just means i'm that much closer to not being alive mm. and i love how i feel and i love yeah. how when i look at a mirror i like what i see today i like how clothing fits me on most days Love it, brother if i don't like yeah. the way it fits, and i change what i'm wearing there you
2: go yeah It's
0: <laughs> nothing to do with me so as as Beautiful. we approach uh we're coming up to about 13 minutes before the hour i want to switch gears here and take us into uh, a wrap a wrap-up section uh of tonight's episode 80 is food when food strikes uh what's tonight's topic again what is uh, justice this is your brilliant when
3: when the fear strikes the food spikes now we didn't really, I got a, I got a new one just tonight it hit me while we were in the show we are in a waste pandemic we are in a waste pandemic so what wow. I want
0: to do is definitely we didn't really talk about the relationship between Fear, food, and uh, and 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 why food spikes when we're in fear. Uh, we we've alluded to it, but we really haven't gone there. And so, for our wrap tonight, I want to invite each one of you to kind of kind of break that down from your perspective of of how can we regulate our emotions and our fear differently, so that it's not entangled with how we eat or what we eat. And uh, Jeff, I'm gonna invite you to, to come in on this first and uh, break it down for us from your perspective. When the fear strikes, the food spikes, knowing that you know your relationship is a bit different, you tend to retreat, which mm-hmm. I, I've met many people just like that, that they actually go the opposite direction. When they're under stress, they tend to eat less. I, on the other hand, Tend to consume more, mm-hmm. but again, uh, from your perspective, what is the relationship with the uh, fear and stress and uh, and our emotions, and how can we break the chain to to using food to fuel the to try to calm us down?
1: Well, when we when we talk about fear. Um it's not the adult who is fearing anything it's the programming and the conditioning and the wounded little boy or girl inside of us. So what's going on in the world today is feeding that big time. Um, And what's going on in the world today, a lot of it's based on life or death. So when the fear hits, It's really hitting our wounds. It's really hitting the the little child in us. And when that happens, that little child is seeking comfort somewhere. They need to be comforted to say, it's okay, come here. So that little child is looking for mom and dad. But as adults, mom and dad are not around. So we're seeking something. We're seeking that comfort instead of dealing with the feelings and nurturing through the feelings of of whatever the fear is hitting and triggering the first reaction is to find comfort somewhere many people find it in going and gorging on food and if you really look at it like i said earlier what is the food that you're looking for? It quite possibly is the favorite food that you had when you had when you were 15 years old. Mm. So that is really what is happening: people going to food for comfort, and for and it, and it gives you comfort as opposed to using your tools and nurturing yourself through through the fear and and becoming aware and conscious. That, oh, my God, can I, I'm feeling this these feelings. I'm feeling frightened. I'm, the fear is overwhelming. What am I doing? Oh, wow, I'm running to the refrigerator, and I'm eating, and I'm eating, and I'm eating.
0: Yeah, love so that. It's,
1: it's about being aware of that. And then if you've watched 80 of our shows, going in, connecting with that wounded child and asking that child what, they need right now, and it is not a Big Mac.
0: Beautiful. Love that. <laughs> Jeff Asano, breaking it down. Mm-hmm. Episode 80. Ev, you're up, man. Just mixing it up tonight. You're
2: right, brother. Love, love remixes. Love the remixes. Man, i, I, I got to use that, Josh, brother. I love that, man. Waste <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> yeah, brother. And what a time for the waste pandemic, my brothers and sisters. And I'll quickly finish it on this note. You know, we've talked a lot about the comfort eating side of things. We are emotionally purging, my brothers and sisters, and a lot of that is coming from the lymphatic uh, system. So you think this is a place where we're really housing our immunities, And uh, a lot of that emotional baggage that uh, brother uh, Josh and Jeff and Jay have all spoken about tonight. So we've just got to become more aware and conscious. And, you know, some of the big questions that I get clients to really ask themselves, when you're becoming more aware and you're really observing some of these habits that may not be serving you within your life, ask some simple questions, my brothers and sisters. Ask, does this food make me feel lighter ask yourself does this food nurture my body mm-hmm. ask yourself does this food free my body ask yourself if eating this food does not make me feel i love my body mm-hmm. you know we're in a pivotal stage my brothers and sisters and we can really take back that power of all of these beliefs belief systems that have not served us up until this point but specifically with our health, and how we connect with our body. Because on the deeper, deeper levels of this consciousness, my brothers and sisters, we are literally just trying to lighten up this planet. And I'm not talking about the scales. The only scales you've got to worry about now, my brothers and sisters, is the scales of balance. So ask yourself, the next time that you go and eat that processed food, whatever it is, is this food going to consume me? Or am I going to consume this food? Let me say that again. Mm. Am I going to consume this food or is this food going to consume me? And I'm going to leave it on that note, my brothers and sisters.
0: Because I love what uh, Mary just said here. It's, it's not in a house. You can't eat it. Don't buy it. Simple.
2: Yeah. Not <laughs> easy. That's, that's, <laughs> that becomes
0: a conscious choice when you're in a grocery line. I can't okay. tell you guys, even today, one of one of my – Weaknesses, if I may, are um, gluten free chips, you know, the dip into a hummus <laughs> or dip into a salsa. And I have to make that conscious decision in that moment. Am I going to indulge? Am I going to give myself permission to do it? Knowing that if I say yes, then the next time I go food shopping, I have to commit to myself to say no, thank you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's eating, uh, embracing a healthier lifestyle of, of using food as fuel is really about making conscious choices for yourself. It doesn't mean that you have to feel like you're living in lack. It's okay to indulge once in a while. Now, someone like me who uh, abused food for so many decades, you know, people talk about one of the belief systems you hear it all the time in this country is you just eat in moderation. Eat whatever you want in moderation.
2: Yeah, man. And
0: my only explanation for me personally is, is I lost that privilege because I overindulged in very, very toxic, mm-hmm. processed food mm-hmm. that was very inflammatory, that was a trigger for autoimmune disease just out of the game, mm-hmm. amongst many others that I was diagnosed with in fifteen. But Ab, uh, I, I love what you shared tonight, and thank mm-hmm. you for providing your perspective. Jo- Josh, Richard, you're up, my friend.
3: Um, yeah, I wanted to close tonight with, you know, where where does our desire to comfort, um, like, you know, Jeff was just talking about, or we're all talking about, where does that come from? That com- for me. You know, food wasn't my thing, but alcohol was. And it was something that I consumed to to give me that comfort and to calm the beast inside my head. And what and then let's look into it a little deeper. What was the beast inside my head? Why did I need to comfort? Why did I need to numb? Why did I need to consume something to feel better, to, to create different feelings? That's what I was going for. I was uncomfortable with my feelings. And that was generally um, a negative narrative in my head and being really hard and critical on myself. And when I would screw up or when I would fail or say something wrong, uh, you know, I remember having a big presentation and I totally screwed it up and I walked out of there and my body was just screaming. I was screaming for alcohol to take that bad feeling away. And a tool that I've used, so I know that space very well. (laughs) <laughs> and it it's not limited to food. It can be food, sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever. But that space, we can remind ourselves in that moment. And when a mantra I would do over and over and over again was to remind myself this feeling is temporary and it will go away. It feels all-consuming and we generally act in that moment. But it is absolutely temporary. Just as happiness doesn't last forever, this feeling won't either. And so that's... That's the place that I I know very well, and it works.
2: Beautiful.
3: Beautiful.
2: Love that. Amen.
1: Yeah, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> so, it's so, safe to say that after this, I'm not going to go and eat a half a bag of Chips Ahoy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've
0: been I've had a few days. Well, this not, is those bad. are the
1: college, college days.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly, right? Dude, I love Twinkies.
0: I've done <laughs> it all, gentlemen. And then some. And I I just want to take a moment here to to really just speak to those of you, viewers and listeners. If you heard something tonight that you like to love, please share it out on your social media page so that we can help uh, grow our program organically. Each week we come in with a new topic, hopefully touching someone's life that needed to hear something right on time, your time, that changes the trajectory of your life. And I will say this is that One of the things we didn't touch on tonight is the difference between uh, alkaline foods or acidic foods. But I will tell you this, is that if you are in a terminal battle for your life, if I may, I really like to refrain from calling it a battle. But if you are in the midst of a, in the throes of a terminal disease and prognosis, take out all acidic foods because you're feeding the beast, especially if it's cancer. And or if you have um, some type of heart disease, um, when a doctor says to you, when the oncologist says to you, uh, "Don't go plant based because you're going to need all the weight to uh, to battle the, the, the you know the, the 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 chemo." Stay stay on that that meat based diet. I call BS on that. Now I'm not a medical doctor, but I've done thousands of hours of research. In my own healing journey, to know that acidic foods basically is a fuel for disease. You need to take it all out. Go clean. Go clean. At least till you reach the point where where you save your life and get educated. There's there's so much education available today. Take the time to get educated. You don't need to go to the library. Just do some searching on, do some research, or seek out professionals who are trained in nutrition to help overcome disease. And with that, um, if you uh, enjoyed tonight's program, you found value, we invite you to please consider donating on Venmo at Real Men Real Talk Live so we can continue to bring this program and bring value to to your life. And with that, um, I love you guys. We'll see you next week on episode eighty-one, Real Men Will Talk Live, peace and blessings.